I'm never going to apologize for winning. Breaks a tackle. Now another. He's inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. He is sacked. Down he goes. Tyler Hoover breaks away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio. This is Spartan Red Zone your host, Dan Tyler. All right, what's going on, East Lansing? You're listening to yet another episode of the Spartan Red Zone. Here with me, as always, I got my co-host, Brad Allen. Brad, how you doing today, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it's, it's very early in the morning, but this is uh, Impact Game Day. I think we should call it Impact Game Day right here. Yeah, welcome to show. Impact Game Day. You know, starting it on a Saturday. Usually we do these on, on Fridays, but obviously it's been a pretty pretty hectic week. With with college game day in town, ESPN's college game day with this big time matchup against number fourteen Ohio State, seven and one program team that we ended their national title hopes last year. So so a lot's on the line. But um, really quickly before we talk about what's going on at eight p.m. tonight, uh, we got a chance yesterday to meet with some of the members of ESPN College Game Day. Uh, which was a pretty pretty cool experience. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but it's been one of my favorite shows growing up. Oh yeah, and definitely. Yeah, just I I love those guys, man. They're, it's an awesome show. They're they're funny. They they know exactly what they're talking about, and it's great. So, to, to first of all to have them here in East Lansing, it's always a pleasure. You know, the the atmosphere just becomes that much more that much more hype when game day's here, and then you know also just to be able to kind of be around those people as a media member now it's it's kind of uh kind of doesn't seem real a little bit yeah we got to kind of see what they go through i think a lot of people watch game day uh either like it maybe don't like it uh and with espn in general a lot of people seem to be uh forming this resentment against espn uh saying calling them e-s-e-c-s-p-n and all that (laughs) Um, and myself included, I have my, you know, some things I don't like about ESPN, but as far as game day is concerned, we saw some of the staff yesterday. They were nice enough to come, you know, meet us. They were even talking to some journalism students, I think, which I thought was pretty cool. But you could see in the next room over, this was in the North End Zone Media Center uh, yesterday afternoon. They're prepping for the game, and they this is a lot of work for them. Like, we have a long day today. We're doing this show. Uh, we're going to, you know, probably relax and recoup. And then we're going to the game, and we'll probably be at Spartan Stadium for eight hours covering this football game. But game day, they're just nonstop all day. It's a three-hour show, but they're they had to prep for it. They got to travel, all that kind of thing. So it, it was interesting to see them hard at work and to see. Uh, I peeked in. We didn't meet Lee Corso, but I I peeked my head in the room, and I I'm gonna go ahead and leak it. We saw Lee Corso in uh, in a Spartan chest plate. Um, by the time you're hearing this, he probably already donned it, or he didn't, and I was wrong. But a Spartan, like, Sparty-esque chest plate, uh, trying it on for size, it looks like. So it's, it's looking like Lee Corso is going to pick the Spartans today. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was funny to see as well. It's always it's always fun seeing what Lee's going to pull out of the bag, because uh, he's, always, he's always trying to take it a step up, you know, uh, keep people on their toes, but... You know, you talking about them, this being work for them, and a lot of people don't understand that. Something that Desmond Howard said when, when media people were interviewing some of these game day guys, he got a few questions in a row asking them about, like, oh, how much fun do you have when you come here? Do you enjoy the nice facilities? And, you know, 
Desmond, he's, he's a pretty real guy, and he gave a pretty real answer. He said, you know, like, I... I don't enjoy them because I don't have the time yeah, to enjoy work. them. He said, work yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, this this is work for me. You know, not that I don't enjoy my work, but it is work. I come here, I go to point A, to point B, back to point A. And, you know, he kind of touched on that when people asked, like, what it's like for him being a Michigan alum coming to East Lansing. He said, you know, he's like, I'm not at the bars. You know, I'm not going to parties out here, like... So I don't really get that kind of right. treatment. Which for the eight o'clock game, I, I there's no chance for any of these guys to be at the bars. But I will say that I have not, I have heard from credible sources that Kirk Herbstreet has gone to the Land Shark back in the day in the '90s uh, when he would cover the games of maybe those noon or three thirty games. He'd he'd peek his head into the Land Shark after uh, after the game. Uh, speaking of which completely unrelated but related to college radio the land sharks reopening i don't know if you heard that i did hear it i i saw there was like a tweet from a while back that it was supposed to open november 5th mm-hmm. which was thursday i want to say and you know my friend texted me he's like i think the land sharks opening tonight i had no intentions of of going out but i was like man you got me i have to now it wasn't open they had just found out that they were cleared to open this month. Yeah. So I was out anyway, so I ended up going out. But Yeah, couldn't couldn't get down in the to the dungeon of the land shark yet, but the rumor that I've heard uh, I want to call it a rumor. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's uh, set as they're putting uh, a lot of money into revamping it and under new management, so should be uh open for uh th- for me that's like it's like a family staple. I used to go to the land shark before uh college uh before michigan state football games when i was like a little kid um probably not the healthiest environment for uh for a 10 year old to be in but that's you know just what i knew i'd go in there hey, eat, walk, down to the, walk down to the spartan stadium and so it'd be nice to have the land shark back open yeah it's never it's never bad having a new bar to, to switch things up a little bit because things can get a little bit dry with the scene here in east lansing uh and, and if i were to see kirk curb street at, at any bar that would be yeah, that would be awesome. One we'll of my all-time we'll idols. We'll today and, and see if they're headed. Uh, when we will get at them on Twitter, see if they're going uh, hashtag str. Yeah, Ricks after the game. I tried to get Jamel Hill when she was in town uh, for for homecoming. I, I tweeted at her about going to Ricks. She was joking about it, and, and you know she was on Current Sports with Al Martin, a show that I that I work at, and and you know she was kind of making jokes about it. And I said, Hey, Jamel, you know. Don't talk about it. Like, put your money where your mouth is. Let's see what Rick's tonight. But fortunately, she didn't go or respond to my tweet. But you know, maybe one of these days we'll get we'll get a famous ESPN personality to to come out to the bar with us or something. But uh, going back to us talking to these game day guys, uh, something that I I was really happy to see. I guess I can say because you know the Big Ten obviously has been just getting walked on in the media this past not even this past year the past few years really um perception's been getting worse and worse especially with the decline of michigan and it's a little unfortunate because you know with that decline of michigan has come a rise in michigan state but i feel like you know michigan state's not there's an asterisk next to it the big 10 sucks so uh so it's 
so Michigan State's uh, rise doesn't mean as much. Exactly. If Michigan State was in the SEC, they might not even make the the championship game in that conference, or they might not even be a top team in that conference, et cetera, et cetera. Big Ten getting no love from a lot of people, specifically ESPN, except Tom Tom Rinaldi yesterday. That's where, exactly. And and you and I I both knew it after he was talking. We were like, man, like, respect props to this guy you know he 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 came out and he had some some good things to say about not just michigan state but mark d'antonio as well so so we actually have a clip of what he said so so let's play that really quick brad for the listeners to hear tell you there's two things i really love and uh, i hope this doesn't sound like I'm, i'm a shill to some degree for spartan nation but i really do like coach d a, a quite a bit. And I really like the players that I've had the chance to talk to, uh, whether it be the ones I spoke to during the whole Rose Bowl run last year because I was here three times on campus last season, um, whether it be to, to spend a little bit of time with coaching the players prior to the Oregon game, our visit here this year. And I also think, there again, there's a great pride and an identity um, at Michigan State, and I think it's a world-class university. Obviously, we all know that the football and basketball teams are phenomenal. They're, they are the most successful duo in big-time college sports. But I also think that there's a great pride and joy here in the entire student body. Yes, in football and in basketball, but in having gone to Michigan State. And, you know, just, just listening to that, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to hear some good comments about – not just the Big Ten, you know, but but Michigan State as a whole because, you know, you see so many teams in the media right now, like, for example, Notre Dame with some academic scandals going on. You see Florida State and the terrible way they're handling whatever Jameis Winston is doing. Even, like, North Carolina looks like... From what I'm reading, Ohio it sounds like State, pretty much uh, everyone. Years of late, the Jim, Jim Trestle area in Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, our, our opponents tonight, Ohio State, even you know, getting some getting some bad publicity. Even you know, Michigan, the rivals from in-state, uh, not handling concussion symptoms well with with quarterback Shane Morris uh, about a month ago. Um, so you know, it, it's refreshing to see someone from ESPN kind of be able to to look at a team that's doing it right and, and be able to give them props for doing it right. Cause I don't think there's any denying that this Michigan state program, this program that Mark D'Antonio has built, they do things the right way. They don't recruit sketchily. Like, I mean, I'm just going to go out there and say urban Meyer does. He, he's a little sketchy on the recruiting trail going out and trying to steal their other teams, uh, players. And you know, they're, they're not out here trying to, sneak kids through their education you know education is as a huge huge facet of d'antonio's program um you know they they just do things the right way and it's good to see us getting a little bit of love from someone from espn for it you know yeah and as we're doing this uh college game days taking place right now uh as we're listening to that clip dan and i were watching uh, Tom Rinaldi interview, Urban Meyer, of course, audio is off, so we don't know what he's saying. But we're watching game day now, and, and it's looking like Michigan State uh, has made a presence. Student body is there. They got some some funny signs. Uh, Zeta fraternity made it to the front row, looks like. Uh, shout out to my cousins, Kristen and Jesse, and the, whatever the 
Zeta fraternity is. I don't know. Dan, you're a Greek. You might know better than I do. But uh, I'm blanking on it right now, but... Yeah, I gotta give the shout out to a couple of Zetas out there. I know, I know some Kappa Deltas are out there in full force too, as well as my brothers at Lambda Chi Alpha. So, show out, boys! I know you guys got some funny signs. Speaking of that, though, uh, I didn't actually see the tweet, but I was at Rama the other day, and one of the one of my brothers in, in Lambda Chi was telling me another guy in Lambda Chi uh, tweeted at Joey Bosa. A uh, big, mean defensive end for Ohio State. One of the best defensive ends in the country. Probably the best um, defender on their team. Maybe the best player on the Ohio State team. I, I think so, too. You're definitely not wrong there. Um, certainly up for debate. But he tweeted at him something like, Oh, you're a little baby. Good luck on Saturday. And you know, Knowing the guy, he's just kind of joking around. He's, he's a goofy guy. He's a funny guy. Um, but he was like receiving death threats and stuff on Twitter. People are like, Oh, don't make me like come to East Lansing and kill you. Stuff yeah. like that. So Twitter is a, is a crazy medium to which people can communicate with each other. And for that reason, I love it. And I hate it at the same time. Cause man, <laughs> when you just scroll through the replies of some tweets, it's like, wow, this is. This is intense. It's hard for me to not chime in. I try to try to keep my Twitter a little clean today, but man, so is your buddy's getting death threats for 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 chirping at Joey Bosa. Yeah, he's getting he's getting a couple he's getting a couple threats out there, and I think that just shows that this is a a pretty heated. It's a big I, game. I guess you can't say rivalry yeah. that both coaches try to dodge or you know dodge the word uh, rivalry, but you know it's it's a heated matchup. This is the we'll biggest game of the year for the Big Ten by far. Probably the biggest game for Michigan State, um, arguably in the regular season uh, for the past decade. I, I could, I would even go as far to say, like, with this new college football playoff setup, and with everything that's on the line for both of these teams, this is the this is the Big Ten East championship game right here. Yep. This, this is the biggest game of the season for the Big Ten, and it's really the only. Ohio State or Michigan State are the, the Big Ten's only hope of getting into this playoff, I would say. I don't think Nebraska or Wisconsin's going to be able to climb their way back up. It's no. going to have to be one of these two teams. And even if Michigan State wins out, even if Ohio State wins out, there's a there's a there's a good chance they get snubbed anyway. So, this is their this is their time to shine. Uh so I I expect the emotions to be running high out there and for for the fans and for the for the players for sure. Yeah, in you know, speaking of that, something that we we kind of talked to about with some of the game day guys going back at it again was this apparent SEC bias going on right now, and, and not just you know hating on the Big Ten, but but putting this conference on a pedestal. And you know, it's kind of apparent to see, uh, you know, you see people like Paul Feinbaum out there and and who's who got started as a Alabama beat writer and, and sports talk guy and you know when he's got a prominent job on ESPN all he's talking about is like oh my gosh Nick Saban is God and Blake Sims is the best quarterback in the country and you know you hear I think garbage like that I think I, I don't know why that guy's got a job um but just overall you know you look at the polls a couple weeks ago, three of the top four teams, other than Florida State, were in the SEC West. And, right. and those college football playoff ranking system that, quite frankly, doesn't matter until maybe a week from now, unless it's late November or 
the first week of December, you know, you can't expect those. That's not going to be the top four. That's the top four if it were to end today, which is not going to. So there's not going to be three teams of the SEC in the playoff. There might be two. There might be one. There might be none. There are scenarios that I've I've seen and read about that would all all, all the the SEC champion would have two losses and all of the SEC teams would have two losses. So there's a chance that the SEC doesn't make it to this almighty college football playoff, which would be horrible for SEC fans and maybe for college football fans, but you got to go with the best team. It doesn't matter about conference, and that's what Tom Rinaldi was telling us, I, I think, um, speaking about ESPN as a as an institution and I guess the college football playoff too. Yeah. And, and that would be, that'd be something I think if, if no team from the sec got in, but it is possible. And yeah, you know, and and we had another good clip from Rinaldi, I think here about, about the apparent bias and and how the media views it and, and what they try to do about it. So let's hear what, let's hear what Tom had to say about this topic. Well, when it comes to bias, I think if the thought is that there is a collection of people in a room somewhere making decisions directed to a certain direction, uh, that's just not the case that I've ever experienced. You can't argue against the quality of the conference. You just look at the national championship pedigree over the last decade and it speaks for itself. I understand, though, the great passion of this sport and what it generates, and that's why I understand, in a way, I think we feel honored that people are upset. How come you're not coming to our campuses more, or how come you're not speaking about our conference more? But I think, truthfully, we really do try to serve the entire country's landscape for the sport. We don't do it flawlessly. No one does. But I I certainly think we're earnest in the effort. I think Rinaldi is... True, to, what he's saying is true to an extent, but not true to a, uh, another extent. He says he's not experiencing any bias among his colleagues at ESPN. But are the people who make the decision on where College Game Day is making the decisions to appease the demographic? When you look at the games that are today, is Ohio State, Michigan State, the best game, or is it the only Big Ten game that is worth covering for College Game Day, and that's why they're here and not at the TCU game or uh, one of the big SEC games? Um, so that's something that I that I wonder, you know, is there politics involved in, in where college game day is going? There certainly is. And I think this week is proof to that because... It almost y- seems like a pity, a pity game. Like, oh, we have to give the Big Ten one and Michigan State, Ohio State is the only one we've been able to go to the past couple of years. We might as well go. Still a big game, but with all the talk about, you know, the tide has shifted. You know, three weeks ago, Michigan State best odds to win the national championship in Vegas. This week, they're talking. You know, there's nothing they can do. Even if they win out, they're probably not going to get in. So, is this a pity game for College Game Day to to come to a Big Ten in East Lansing? Uh, you know, as bad as that sounds, I think it is. Um, obviously, it's a big matchup, and it was a great game in the Big Ten championship last year. And and I think nationally, people respect both of these teams to an extent probably Ohio State more than Michigan State because they're the more, I guess you could say, prestigious and like sexy program. Um, but then when you look at it past this game, what other Big Ten game would they go to? Nebraska-Wisconsin next week? I doubt it. No. But, you know, that. But, I doubt it. That's, that's the, Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten West Championship game next week. Um, you know, so it'll be, a, it'll be a great game, but I don't think the – 
I think the college game day is going to probably stay in the SEC after here on out, especially getting down to these clo- these, these last weeks of the season. Yeah, and, and you know, like you were saying, this week has a bunch of great matchups. You have Kansas State playing TCU. That's that's a number 6-7 matchup right there. You have um, number 5 Bama going against, I think, number 16 LSU. You have a uh, top 10 matchup with Arizona State and Notre Dame. You know, there's some phenomenal games just looking yeah, at the numbers. It's a great week for college football. I'm happy that we're playing a night game just to be able to watch some of these games on TV. Yeah, more. definitely. And uh, I might have to argue with with uh, John Lewandowski or, or Ben Flieger of Michigan State Athletic Communications to see if they can throw up that LSU-Alabama game while the game's playing in the press box. I doubt they're going to do that, though. Hey, you know, that's what we got the laptops for, yeah, you know, just exactly. just streaming it up. But, you know, really quickly, one last note on this. Uh, perceived media bias or whatever like that you know um, we didn't just talk to Tom Rinaldi we talked to Michigan's very own Desmond Howard Desmond Howard uh, not very well liked here in East Lansing but you know I like him I I, I do too I think I think he's kind of gimmicky with his with how he covers college football and I think he's kind of got his own little it, it I think it's a gimmick with how he picks Michigan six in the nation and how he you know kind of like all about Michigan. I think he even picked them to to make the playoff preseason. Did um, he really? Yeah, but Oh man. He, you know, he's kind of like the Lou Holtz for Notre Dame. But uh except he can like speak audible English. Right, right. <laughs> but he seemed like a really really cool guy and he was just, you know, relaxed and he he was like he was straight up about it. He was like, "You know, I don't have any He was asked, I think, "What do you think about Big 10?" how does this campus compare to other Big Ten schools? And he's like, I don't know. I've never been to another one with game day, pretty much is what he said. Yeah, yeah. You know, he said he said he wish he could compare it. But, you know, they just haven't really had the opportunity to these past few years because they're just not coming to Big Ten games. And if they do, it's Michigan State, Ohio State, like it was two years ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does he kept it pretty real, though. Um, you know, we had some he had some interesting questions thrown at him and he gave straight up answers but you know speaking of answers to questions we got one more audio clip we got what des had to say about you know comparing big 10 schools and any biases going on along with the media well we haven't spent much time in the big 10 lately so it's hard to say <laughs> i would love to do a compare and contrast but unfortunately we haven't been in the big 10 a lot lately but you know um i think uh Sparty for giving us a reason to, to, to come to the Big Ten and, and to showcase not just um, um, Michigan State's football program, but hopefully a showcase for the Big Ten. I love that he gave some love to Michigan State at the end. He said, you know, at least Michigan State is giving game day a reason to go to a Big Ten school. Without Michigan State, uh, you know, it could be like... Michigan State could be the Big East of years past, and or no, the Big Ten, I, I should say, would be the Big East of years past, just a horrible football conference, yeah. not deserving of a BCS Bowl, or certainly not a college football playoff spot, but Michigan State and Ohio State giving Michigan, or giving the Big Ten a, a chance at national recognition today, and uh, man, flashback to September 6th, and it was a bad day for the Big Ten. Michigan State and Ohio State both suffered their only losses of the season. They both win those games. Uh, it's an un- this is an entire different game. This is a number one versus number two possible matchup. Um, 
but that's not the that's not the way it rolled out. But uh, game day still here. It's going to be a great game. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, you know, in in the campus, the campus is lit. Everyone's everyone's getting ready for it. You know, people are at game day right now as we speak. We'll probably go and and hit up the end of it once we're done here with the show. Just to check check out the environment. You know, um, but you know, gigantic game on Saturday and a lot of a lot of good matchups to be talking about. So I mean, let's just want to just dive right into the yeah little preview. I want to yeah we'll get in the preview up. before we wrap up this game day discussion. I want to read some some stuff from the press release. Some oh yeah hit official us with that. game day stats here. Michigan State is two and four when college game day visits East Lansing. They lost in 1997 to Michigan 23-7. to uh, In 1999, they defeated Michigan 34-31. to uh, I remember that one. And it looks like two, 2004, lost to Notre Dame 31-24, probably heartbreaking. 2005, lost to Penn State 31-22. And it looks like... they So they beat Michigan in the 90s, and then in the, there's been a turn... We beat Wisconsin 37-31. That was the rocket play, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, lost to Ohio State in 2012 by one point. And Corso's 5-1 and one when picking the winner. Uh, and he's going to pick Michigan State today. So that's uh, don't feel like you're jinxed uh, MSU fans because I think we statistically, historically speaking, we want Lee Corso to pick MSU. And, yeah, since 2011, College Name Day is – has been featured six times uh, a game in which Michigan State played, so that's pretty good. When you Michigan State can argue they're getting no love, but six times in the past three years is better than I'd say the majority of schools. Definitely the best in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, easily the best in the Big Ten, and it would be kind of cool to see. I'm sure you could find somewhere, but you know, stats on in in that span since 2011, let's say, how many times game day has been to certain teams games you know i'm sure you'll see those alabama's auburn's you know with some crazy numbers on that but uh you know it'd be interesting to see but yeah i guess like you said we say we get no love we get some love you know saying that we get no love is is incorrect because obviously like you said six times since 2011 that's a lot um but i think when people say Michigan State gets no love, they're more referring to Michigan State doesn't get the love that they deserve, which I think at least every Spartan fan can agree with. Right, and and I think that's true, but when you look at the record, you look at Ohio State, they haven't played anybody. Nebraska, they haven't played anybody. Michigan State almost blew it against Nebraska. They lost the one game that was against a, a top-ten opponent in Oregon, Uh which they hung with Oregon, I'll give them that. But who like it's getting tough with this playoff system, and you got to look at strength of schedule. Who who have they played? And um, but again, we could we could do a whole we could do a whole hour on SEC versus Big Ten. What's the difference between Oklahoma and Nebraska? So uh, TCU gets a win over Oklahoma, and that's a huge win. Michigan State gets a win over Nebraska, and it's just a you know it, it, it's a probably the best win on the resume thus far but it's not the it's not a huge win that's going to propel them to jump over uh some of these other one loss teams but l- let's get into the let's get into what we're here for for college football no more hype 
talk about playoff, talk about rankings, talk about bias. Michigan State's going to have to play Ohio State tonight, correct? They're actually going to play football. Yeah, you know they're not going to talk about playing football. They're going to actually. They're not going to play battle football. and see who can get the most Instagram likes or Snapchat uh, uh, posts. I don't even know how to measure that. Hey man, I don't know. Some of these, some of these Ohio State guys like to like to get on their social media. Uh, you know, so appears to be with uh, Braxton Miller. Uh, taking shots at Twan Jones, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you were at that presser with, with Twan, and uh, from what it sounded like, he was just giving some praise to the quarterback that he's playing against. And uh, the quarterback that he's not playing against uh, decided to uh, make a statement on Twitter. Take it personally, yeah. You know, I think the whole statement by Twan in the first place was was overblown. Um, you know, obviously, uh, since JT Barrett stepping in for Braxton Miller this season – Started off a little slow, but since then it's been, you know, honestly, statistically one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. You're going to have questions coming out of everywhere at, like, comparing the two quarterbacks. And, and you know, Twani may have worded it a little weird. I can see how people would just be able to take a snippet from it. But the whole thing that he said, you know, pretty much just to sum it up, said, you know, Braxton's a great athlete. He's a great runner. I think that. JT Barrett's a way better quarterback for their system, you know, citing his his throwing arm is better, mechanics are better, and, you know, he fit into the system better. And he can also, you know, he can also hurt you with his feet, not quite like Braxton could, but, you know, he still has that ability. So people just took the snippet of Tawan Jones saying he thinks that Barrett is a way better quarterback, and they took out all of the context yeah, and everything I mean, surrounding it. JT Barrett's going to suit up and play football tonight. Braxton Miller is not. So why is Braxton Miller you know, trying to trash talk, A, and why is he putting himself above the team? If anything, he should be defending his team, his his quarterback. He is, a, he is a, an Ohio State Buckeye, and it seems like he's just being all about Braxton Miller and taking that that – statement by Twan Jones personally which Braxton it's not a good look on your part I can't believe that if if Michigan I don't think a Michigan State player would do that under Mark D'Antonio especially not somebody who is not playing you, you know what I'm saying like he he basically complimented the guy who replaced you you're not playing do you care more about Ohio State do you care more about your team and winning or do you care about your own image and your own brand uh, so I don't even see how is it is this going to get his team fired up if anything it's going to get number 34 fired up uh, I, I don't think he goes quote unquote unnoticed tonight and I don't think uh, Kermit the Frog's going to be drinking any iced tea if anything it's going to be hot tea because it's going to be cold and rainy out there but uh, this is a big big uh, moment for Twan Jones in his last uh, his second to last home game at Michigan State and his probably the biggest game of his career and he's he's got some bulletin board material for it yeah you know and i would love to see uh you know a little, maybe a little sack dance or something from tawan if he happens to pick up a sack tonight giving it the little you know drinking the cup yeah. of <laughs> cup of iced tea i that guess or whatever cool. it is with the pinky up saying you know what braxton that's none of my business though yeah. um and yeah like you said the, the fact that the braxton is tweeting this and not playing is kind of soft it's one thing to to trash talk and then be able to go and back it up on the field that weekend. But, you know, 
he he's not going to be able to take shots from Tawan Jones because he's not out there on the field. So that's that's just a little. I don't, I don't know if this is the right word, but I want to say soft of yeah. him. JT Barrett will be able to take shots, and I'm concerned for the Ohio State offense in this game because, uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, Michigan State fans, uh, or stop me if you've said this before, but Ohio State hasn't seen a defense like Michigan State. JT Barrett has not seen a defense like Michigan State. They're going to have a difficult time putting up points. Uh, I know that they got some very, very talented skill players, and they're a good team. But Michigan State's defense is finally starting to come together, and uh, it's it's going to be, I think, on the Spartan offense to put up, you know, a decent amount of points. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Ohio State might get a big play or two, but I think the line opened at four points for Michigan State. I think they definitely cover, and I think, uh, I think they they win this game. Um, but anything can happen, and they're actually going to have to get on the, the field here tonight in East Lansing and play first. Yeah, and like you said, and, you know, obviously everyone has heard this before countless times, but this is easily the toughest defense that Ohio State is going to have to go up against. And they saw, you know, Virginia Tech, team with a pretty stellar defense, but not a good team overall. And they lost to them because that team brought pressure in on Barrett and they got him to force turnovers. And Penn State did the same thing. They got a lot of pressure in on Barrett. They got him to they got him to create some turnovers, and they almost came out of that game with a win. And they were down seventeen to nothing at half. and And that's some of the things that Michigan State is best at. You know, this Michigan State defense is not what it was last year. And how could you expect it to be? Because that defense last year was like out of a movie. But you know they've been prone to giving up big plays, and I agree with you. We're going to let up some big plays today because this team has some firepower on offense. Oh, yeah. Ohio State. You know, talking about J.T. Barrett. Even looking outside of it, uh, Ezekiel Elliott at running back has been great. You got Dontre Wilson who lines up at running back, a receiver, and is just like a bolt of lightning. Devin Smith at receiver. You know they got some talented guys. They're going to break some big plays. But what Michigan State does best is getting pressure on the quarterback. And forcing turnovers. And, you know, this this offensive line of Ohio State's hasn't really been able to click yet. You know, they they look like they got on a roll after that Virginia Tech game a little bit. But, you know, they were playing teams that weren't that good. Let's be real. You know, like, like Maryland is not going to be a stout defense. They're not going to really challenge you like a Penn State team will, and Penn State really got out there and challenged them up front and out-physicaled them and outmatched them. They just didn't have the firepower on offense to put up enough points to get out of that game. But, you know, Michigan State, not only do we have a better front seven than both Virginia Tech and Penn State, uh, we also are better at creating turnovers than both those teams. But on the other side of the ball, we got an offense that can keep you know, keep pace with almost anybody in the nation. We're averaging forty-five point five points a game. That's that's good for fifth best in the nation. So, you know, that's what I'm looking at as being the the main deciding factor tonight in the game. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the run game. Unfortunately, uh, the weather is going to be permitting uh, maybe some difficulty, especially if it's windy. I don't know if it's supposed to. Uh, not looking like it's supposed to rain, but. 
<clears throat> it's going to come down between Lankford and Elliott. Who can who can carry the ball more? Who can carry for the most touchdowns? Who can carry for the most yards? Um, we talked about uh, your your buddy's least favorite Twitter friend on the defensive side of the ball for, for <laughs> Ohio State, Joey Bosa. Uh, I think he's the X factor for their for the Ohio State defense. If if uh, he can get through and put some pressure on Cook, uh, can create problems. But again, watching Michigan State's offense this year. Uh, that I think Ohio State might get killed on those end arounds, those screen passes. If number 14 can get his hands on the ball, it's going to be trouble. I would not be surprised to see Michigan State really uh, explode on offense. I think I picked 17 uh, nothing early in the season, my way too early, 17 nothing when we just, like literally the day I wrote it, we found out about the Braxton Miller injury. Nobody had heard of JT Barrett before. I was thinking, you know, they might not. Michigan State might shut out this team now. Um, but I, I, my prediction now is I'm, I'm saying, uh, I want to say 38-13. Um, so Michigan State wins handily, but I'm usually wrong. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> uh, it could be anything from a blowout to a shootout to a, you know, a one a seven to nothing game. Who knows? But I'm gonna go. I'm sticking with my 38-13 uh, Michigan State. That's a that, you know that's a pretty big that's a pretty big spread there, and I think that's something that Michigan State could really use if they came out and they had a convincing win like that. You know, I think that would kind of turn heads and. Yep. Or it will just prove the prove confirmation bias that the Big Ten is horrible and they don't deserve a chance in the playoffs. Yeah, that's who knows. I don't even want to talk about it because it's it's just pointless to talk about. I wish I had a vote for the college football playoff, uh, but I don't. So uh, Michigan State might have to start lobbying Condoleezza Rice to get the <laughs> playoff committee. But I, all they can do is win. That's that's the only thing that they can do is control their own destiny and win this game and then uh, consequently win the Big Ten East and, and, and beat Nebraska uh, in their second time playing them this year in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, I like that you stopped me there because I was going to start going into hypotheticals and yeah. stuff a little bit. It's easy to, to tailspin into that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, it's just talking at, at this point. Right. And, and, you know, the team's got to win and see what happens, see what happens in other games. But... You know, I, I agree with you. I think that Michigan State is going to win this game. I think a couple of deciding factors, because looking at the stats between these two teams, uh, you know, it, it's almost identical. It's kind of creepy, you know, how close statistically in the main statistical categories that these two teams are. Um, but I think, you know, the things that are really going to set it over the edge in Michigan State's side is one home field advantage um it's the obvious one you know where, wherever you whenever time whenever you have a game whoever is at home is at an immediate advantage off the start because they got the crowd behind their back they're comfortable there you know they get to sleep in their own beds just multitude of factors another one pretty obvious is the bye week michigan state had before this game you know, maybe if we were coming straight off of a Michigan win, I'd be a little more worried because, you know, that's an emotionally taxing football game oh, yeah. against Michigan. It always is, no matter what, if you win or lose. And this way, you know, you won, but you can still have a hangover of sorts after a win. You know, you got such an emotional high, 
and then you have to go right back to business and focus on the next task at hand. I think the bye week in between these two games gave Michigan State the opportunity to enjoy the Michigan win for maybe a day or two more than they normally would be able to, which is good because it's hard to, you know, just straight be like, all right, tight, we just beat our hated rivals. All right, let's forget about it now. Yeah, Go back, back to, business. to business. Oh, by the way, you have the biggest game of your year and most likely your college football career this week. Don't blow it. Yeah, right? You know, that's that's got to be tough. So, you know, they had a couple extra days to enjoy it. You know, kind of come down from that high and get back to business. And they, you know, I think that I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that both of these teams have phenomenal coaching staffs. I think what Meyer and his staff are best at is attracting great talent. Um, And what I think that D'Antonio and his staff are best at is preparation and putting his players in a position to be a great talent. Because going back to what we've talked about many times on this show, Ohio State's the team that's getting five stars, getting four stars. You know, being a top 10 team recruiting wise, Michigan State is the team that turns two stars like Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, and Darquez Denard into NFL players. They're guys that take, you know, people like Connor Cook, who is from the state of Ohio and was not offered a scholarship by Ohio State, turns him into a Big Ten championship game MVP. So. You know, I think that the that all that preparation for Michigan State and particularly Pat Narduzzi to stop that offense is going to be the biggest thing. Um, I'm going with a little closer score than you. I'm going to say 27 to 17. Um, you know, we'll have a couple big turnovers led to led to some scoring opportunities for us throughout the game, but I think they're going to rip off a couple big plays. It'll be close, but I think you know. Per usual, Michigan State style, I think Jeremy Langford will, will put the nail on the coffin at the end there. Yep, I, I agree. I think uh, Langford gets the the nail in the coffin touchdown like he had in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, hopefully he gets it early in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm from, a, from a writer's perspective, I don't want any last. I, ca- I cannot handle another Nebraska-type game, another Purdue-type game where we got to s- – just erase our whole story and start from scratch because the whole tide of the game changed in the last quarter. Uh, I'd like to be on the field for the end of the game like we did against Michigan. That was pretty cool. Hopefully yeah. the last five minutes, uh, look out for me and Dan Tyler on the field. I'm going to run out there and try to get the Pulitzer Prize winning photo of uh, Tuan Jones shaking uh, JT Barrett's hand. Or maybe just D'Antonio and Meyer. We'll see. Yeah. you know, We'll see how it goes. And hopefully we're in the position to be able to go down there and, and kind of enjoy just being on the field and the atmosphere of it and not having to worry about changing everything that we wrote about previously. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a huge, a huge uh, night for college football. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, this show as well as ESPN's college game day. I think impact game day. uh, So we should start this trend impact game day uh, for the future uh, impact sports people or something like that for college game day yeah. yeah we could do it it's not quite as hype as uh right. college I, game day but joey it's the first says year. mom packs his own lunch i 
sign I just saw on the TV. Looks, <laughs> looks like uh, the students are having fun out there. I'll admit, I woke up this morning and I was like, there's no way I would sit out in the rain and do that. These guys are crazy. But I'm looking. They're having a great time. This is, you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves. It's going to be a great day. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I can't wait. Unfortunately, now that's what we got to do. We just got to wait. Um, game's at 8 o'clock. It's, it's about 10 a.m. right now. So Hopefully you got this turned down at your tailgates and you're listening, and um, this will be this will be a big game. Michigan State, this is where the locker room celebration starts to get serious after this game. Oh, yeah. The nay-nay is hard right. going in. But, hey, I think there's no better... Uh, no better way to leave the show then, speaking of locker room celebrations, with a little bit of Bobby Schmurter. Guaranteed. Yeah. So let's hit it. <laughs> Take it easy, East Lansing. Yellow beats. Holla uh-uh. at me. And chew me on some hot nigga. Like I talk to Shai, see when I shot niggas. Like you seen him twirl, then he drops nigga. And we keep the mind millies on my block nigga. And Monte keep it on him, he done drop niggas. And we be wildin', he some hot nigga. Tones known to get busy with them clocks, nigga. Try to run down and you could catch a shot, nigga. Running through these checks till I pass out. Pass shorty give me neck till I pass out. I swear to God, all I do is cash out. And if you ain't a hoe, get up on my trap house. I've been selling cracks like the fifth grade. Really never made no difference with the shit made. Jaja told me flip them packs and how to maintain. Get that money back and spend it on the same thing. Shorty like the way that I ball out. I be getting money till I fall out. You talking cash, dog, I goes all out. Shorty love the way that I floss out. Free greasy them, let all of my dogs out. Mama said no pussy cats inside my dog house. That's what got my daddy locked up in the dog pound. Free fan on them, let all of my dogs out. We gon' pull up in that like we cops on them. With them 16s, we gon' put some shots on them. I send a little dot, I send a drop on them. She gon' call me up and I'ma sink the hots on them. Grammy Savage, that's who we are. Grammy Shooters dressed in G-Star. GS9, I go so hard. But GS for my gun squad. Them bitch up is a problem, we gon' gun ball. Shots popping up the AR. I'm with Trigger, I'm with Rasha, I'm with Abra. Bro, daylight and we gon' let them things pop. Tell them niggas free me, she Subway, free Breezy, ho. And tell my niggas murder team, ho. Bitch, call the body. How about we go, go, we go, go. Fuck with us and then we tweaking, ho. Tweaking, ho. Run up on that nigga, get the squeezing, ho. Squeezing, ho. Everybody catch them bullet hoes, bullet hoes. Niggas got me on my bully, yo, bully, yo. I'ma run out, put that gun on him, gun on him. I'ma run out, go dumb on him, dumb on him. Niggas got me on that young shit, young shit. Got me on that go dumb shit, dumb shit. Got me on that go dumb shit, man. Trap more than these motherfuckers. Hot in the bitch. Hey, yo, pull up. I need some more drinks.